Welcome to the D Free in the Black podcast. My name is DeForest Soares Jr., but my friends call me Buster, and my enemies do too. My co-host is Tamika Stembridge, brilliant attorney and all things genius. There is no greater cause than the cause that invites black people to financial freedom. We want our people to be in the black. Welcome, everybody. It's been some time before I gave you a new welcome, but this is the newest welcome for 2022. This is the new welcome for our In the Black podcast. You know, D Free is committed to helping Black people be in the Black. And being in the Black is not wearing Black clothes. Being in the Black is more than just being around Black people. Being in the Black means having more than in your assets than you have in liabilities. It's owning more than you owe. It's about net worth. And there are multiple paths to net worth. And we're here to talk about one particular path today. My co-host is back, Tamika Stembridge, attorney. How are you? I am well. I'm excited to be back. D-Free in the Black has been our baby for the last few years. It's been a long time. It's almost, what, four or five years that we've been doing this? We've been doing it for a while. The funny thing is you keep wearing black, which makes me uh, <laughs> remind people that being in the black is not just wearing black like you like you do. Listen, Tamika, our guest today is, is someone that I want you to know. I want everyone to know. She's a role model for Black leadership. She is a, an example of Black entrepreneurship. She's an activist, but not in a traditional sense. She's an activist who looks for outcomes that are tangible in other people's lives. <clears throat> you know, a lot of activism today is, is simply pointing out problems, whereas her activism is really leading people to solutions. And I'm just so happy that she chose to spend this time with us today Deborah Owens, welcome to the D Free in the Black podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Excited about the conversation. Deborah, tell us about your company and your business and how it got started and what your focus is. The name of my company is called the Corporate Alley Cat, and our tagline is because sometimes you have to get scrappy. We are focused on changing the experience of Black professionals in corporate America. And we do that by providing them access to tools, research, corporate leaders, experts in the field. Because for black professionals, the way we get that information is by trial and error. And so we're beyond first generation corporate in this country. And I quite honestly think it's a crime that we don't prepare black students, black professionals, young and old, how to navigate in the corporate world. It's much more than working hard, which if you your family is similar to mine, that's what you grew up with. You gotta work hard, work hard. If you work hard, everything's gonna work itself out. You're gonna do good. And absolutely you have to work hard, but there's another piece of the equation for people specifically in the corporate world. And that is you need to know how to navigate in that space. That's exactly right. and. The way you learn to navigate is by having access to other people who have navigated. 
it's not what you learn in business school. It's not what you learn in college. It's that, it's that uh, mentoring, we sometimes call it. It's networking, it's tutoring, but it's that personal relationship. Now, Tamika, you came out of corporate America, so I'm sure you mm -hmm. have a personal appreciation for what, what the corporate alley cats is trying to achieve. What, what was your experience in corporate America that makes you wish you had Deborah Owens in your life back in those days? What's interesting is that I learned exactly what you're saying very early because I had good mentorship. I came into corporate through En-ROADS, so their whole mission is to help you learn how to operate in that system, but it's, a, it's information that most people don't know. I realized even as an intern, seeing other African-Americans in leadership, I was a lot of times more prepared and knew a little bit more about navigating than they did because someone told me the game that I was playing, and so um, I could totally appreciate what you're doing. I know people need it, um, but once you know, you can't unknow. So it really is like if you get it, then you can get it, and you can truly soar and alleviate some of that pressure and stress that you feel being in a corporate environment and not knowing the game that you're playing. So I'm excited about today. Yeah, and our goal is really, you know, there are motivational people out there, there are inspirational people out there, and that's great. Our goal is different. We want to activate. We want you to begin taking the actions. And what I found is that you may go to one of these conferences or uh, events and they've got great speakers and the corporate leaders and you leave there and you're like pumped up. But and then- don't what, know what to do. And don't know what to do <laughs> when you leave. Because, because nobody is giving you the how-tos. Yeah. Please. So I have been in corporate America for many, 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 many years. And this happened very late in my career. I was always a high performer and I got a new boss. And within three months, I knew something was off. I just knew. And I think everybody knows, but you don't want to know it. You're like, oh, I don't, I think I might be overreacting to that. It became clear that I was being treated differently in a lot of different ways. And I will tell you personally that for me, my hair was falling out. I lost 20 pounds. I was not sleeping. I was having heart palpitations. I was having chest tightness and I was on antidepressants. That's how significant this experience was. And it is not uncommon. It's not. We don't talk about it. And I wanna talk about it because I want people to know you're not the only one. And I wanna tell you how I resolved my situation to encourage people to speak up and use their voice. Please do. So what happened is after about eight months, and it was eight months, I, um, I was like, I can no longer be a part of this. This is not right. If they want to fire me, then they can do that. But it's going to be uncomfortable for them too. Because yeah. they are going to have to lay it out. I am not leaving. I've done nothing wrong. And so what I did was I sent a letter to the president of my company. Hmm. And I, the first sentence was, I am being treated differently. I'm in a hostile work environment. And this person is trying to, is engaging in constructive discharge. It was about maybe three paragraphs, short paragraphs. My final line was, I am requesting immediate resolution. Use your I, power. Use your power. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's not, it's using your power, but it's also, and Tamika, I know you're attorney. It's also telling people what you want. Mm -hmm. like I didn't start out, you know, from a legal term, when you get a letter that starts with those terms, yep, you know where thing, you're going. 
you yeah. think you think that person may have legal counsel. Yep. Like we, right. we may have an issue here, right? I didn't start it with, you know, I want to let you know this yeah. is going on. No emotion. So this is what it is. And, and he said that. I'm like, no one cares if your feelings are hurt. It's not a crime. It's not illegal to hurt somebody's feelings. Right. But if there has been a violation of the company policy, culture, mm -hmm. federal laws, then that's what we focus on. So that's what I did. And a week later, the president called me and in 25 minutes, my situation was resolved. I stayed at the company and I continued to take on leadership roles. Now, one of the things that I will tell you that's really important is my documentation. Yep. And that's one of the things we talk about because if you think about it, Tamika and Dr. Soros, when have you seen what good effective documentation looks like? It's not about your writing ability. It's about, are you able to get your outcome through your communication, right? A lot of people will share things with me and it's like four page letters and it's just right. emotional throw up. I'm like, nobody's going to read this. And I don't even know what you want. I'm like, what, what do you want here? And so the very first conversation I had with my boss, the very first, he said, um, I had shared with him some of the people I was going to bring to my team meeting. And he called me up after we had had a leadership meeting and he said, tell me what you're trying to do. I can't even give you the tone, but it was one of those where your hair stand up mm -hmm. on the back of your neck and you're like, this is not good. And he proceeded to tell me that I was abdicating my responsibility mm. by doing this. Uh, he went on to tell me what my role was. Then he said, I was sending out too many reports to my team. He went on to say that he was at a meeting of mine and that the team seemed stressed. And I said, well, what behaviors did you observe that led you to believe that? He said, I don't have any specifics, but I've been around a long time and I'm never wrong. Mm. Then he proceeded to tell me that I had issues motivating my team. I said, I think one particular person who had a long-standing performance issue and the gist of it was, he said, well, you should still be able to relate to her, even though you don't have a family. Wow. So now there's a disconnect because she has a family and I'm single. I'm like, I think we're venturing into HR territory. And so what happened is immediately following that, I wrote down everything. And it took me three to five days to put together uh, my email. And this is what I want to encourage people to do. Do not respond right away. Yeah. You want to have a strategy. You want to set a tone in your email. And what I wanted to say to him was, I'm a team player. I'm professional. I want my team to continue performing at a high level. But do not come to me with stuff you cannot substantiate and expect that you're not going to receive something back from me. So Deborah, let me ask you this. Are you doing coaching for individual executives to help them understand these tactics? Are you sponsoring events for groups of people to teach them uh, these strategies? T tell us how, how you deliver this information because there'll be people who will hear you on this podcast and that will right. have to tell other people and call you themselves. So I do one-on-one. -on -one. I don't call myself a career coach. I call myself a career activator. 
Great. Right? And there's a difference. I tell people, I'm not going to talk about your childhood. We're going to talk about you're at point A and you want to get to point B. What is the strategy and the actions you need to take? Excellent. I also work with corporations who want to provide real support and measurable support for their black and brown employees. Now, now Tamika, you understand why it's so important that mm -hmm. everyone we know get to know Deborah Owens. You know, Deborah, this whole issue of documentation is so critical. What I've learned about documentation is that equal in significance to what has been documented is that when they see how thorough your documentation is, if it's factual, you have dates, names, times, length of calls, the, the fact that you have it is so disarming. They often don't even need what's in the documentation. They just surrender because they say, oh my God, this person's serious. Well, I don't know. I don't know if they surrender, but what I will tell you is I think that they knew I was not going to let this go. Right. I was not going to be the quiet one. And part of that is what is your brand or your reputation in corporate America? And my brand was that of a high performer, someone who got the work done. I was professional, but I did have an opinion and I did share it. And, and this is the other thing. And I, I really think that this made more of a difference than my documentation. I like to think that my documentation really was great, but I'm gonna tell you what, what helped expedite this is I had advocates who were in the room. Ah, that's great. That's the difference. And I can tell you, we've worked with thousands of black professionals and I can tell you the number one reason that they are struggling in most cases, not all, I'm generalizing, is our lack of strategic relationships. So yeah. strategic relationships are different because a lot of people will say to me, well, I know, I know a lot of people at the company. I said, okay, well, you know, Tamika, she's over the legal department. Yeah, I know her. I said, well, great. She'd be a good person to reach out to. Well, I don't know her like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. right. So I just say, you just know a lot of people at the job. <laughs> that doesn't mean you have a relationship with them, right? right. right? A relationship is something that you build over time. You're looking for people who can help you navigate. You are looking for people who can sponsor you and support you. You are looking for people who will help nurture your career. And it is a reciprocal. Oftentimes people say, and I'm just going to use you, Tamika. Well, Tamika's head of the legal department. I don't have anything to contribute to that relationship. And I said, well, how do you know? Have you spoken with her? Yeah. Well, no, but I don't think so. And so I have four rules that I share with everyone about building relationships. And the first one is don't manage anybody else's schedule. You don't know if Tamika's busy or not. Right. You'll find out if you send yeah. her something. Yeah. The mm -hmm. second one is don't determine what has value to other people. You don't know what you have that may be valuable um, to you. Uh, I also say don't give people homework. And what I mean is, um, and Dr. Soares, you may have had this experience. Someone comes to you and they say, hey, Dr. Soares, I just got laid off from my job. Can, can you help me find another job? And you're like, well, well, what are you looking for? Just anything. Okay, well, now I'm going to have to work. I'm going to have to figure out who you are, what your background is. Did you get fired? Are you good? People? Um, and I always, I always forget one. So it's the homework. It's managing people's uh, time. 
it's value and there's one more. And then I have a bonus rule, which is escalation is your friend. So right. most people think escalation is negative. There's a negative connotation to ex escalating things. And, and I see it very differently. Escalating is if you're not getting the outcome or the response you need, there's a very good chance you may be talking to the wrong person. Yeah. Lots of times we stay in the middle because we feel comfortable here. We're scared to go up a level or two, right? And those are the people oftentimes they can make the decisions. Sometimes the people you're talking about, even if they wanted to help you, they don't have the authority or the influence, right? right. And so in my situation, I wanted my situation resolved immediately. And I said, who can do that? Who will understand the exposure that this company could have and would want to get this taken care of? I'm like, the president will understand this. And I, I want to encourage people to speak up because, you know, when I shared with people what I was going to do is they said the, the things we always say, nobody's going to do anything. I don't know why you're wasting your time. You know, nothing's going to change. And I actually believe a lot of that is because the people who are saying that never ask for anything. They never ask for something to change. And the other thing I wanna say is I was really empowered after the conversation with the president because then I went back to headquarters and became a crazy diversity and inclusion advocate. I was not going to hide. I was going to do everything in my power to make sure that nobody else had to experience that. So oftentimes people think if they get in a bad situation, they have to go and just stay under the radar. You have done nothing wrong. One of the things that I wanted to ask, um, if you had any insight, so one of the things you speak to a lot, and I talk about this you know, when I'm talking to people about corporate, is that you are a high performer. Mm -hmm. And I think in a lot of situations, performance does matter. And so we're saying, you know, it's not about working harder, it's not about working harder, but you do have to be doing your job a lot of instances before you start asking for things. Absolutely. What are some of the advice that you have for people that may be in um, precarious corporate circumstances, but not necessarily, they don't feel like they have right standing to make, you know, any improvements or make any, any changes? Or if you were, let's say you were the poor performer or you did have a couple issues coming in and now you're ready to move through, you've resolved some things. How do you go about getting the help that you need um, to move forward? So this is somebody who's a poor performer and they worked through that. And yeah. now their performance is- Their baseline and they wanna-, they, wanna... they meet expectations. All yep. right. So I think the first thing that, you do is you, you partner with your manager, right? You are very clear about where it is you wanna go, the timeline, what kind of experiences and skills you need and what type of, and who needs to have line of sight to your work to make that happen. Performance is the number one thing. If you are not performing, it's going, it's going to be hard. But I would say the second thing is we just don't have the relationship. So in that situation, what I would do if I had mentors or advocates, I'd be meeting with them and saying, listen, let me, and being honest, you know, I had some performance issues. I've moved past that. I don't want that to stick to me. Now, what may be the problem is, and I always say to people, don't think about it as politics. Think about it as how do things get done in my organization? Yeah. And that's part of the problem. You can't get to see because you don't know how the system works in your organization. So you're floundering. 
Yeah. And you don't know how things are working in your organization because you don't talk to anybody. Because you don't trust anybody. You don't trust anybody you work with. So you don't talk to people. So you don't get opportunities because nobody knows what you want to do. Then you get frustrated when nobody asks what you, where are you going? What's going on with you, right? So I believe in taking control of those things we can control. Yeah. And that would be making sure your performance is at a high level. Consistently is the word. I'm not talking about I had a good year. Yeah. I'm talking a consistent track record of success. The next thing you need to do are get your relationships in order. That's the key. Because a person with low performance and strong relationships well, is going to be more here. successful than a high performer with no relationship. That's and exactly some right. People, that's a hard pill to swallow. And you know, you got to start letting people know who you are. Tell them a little bit about you because people always say to me, well, I don't trust anybody. Right. I'm like, well, chances are people probably don't trust you either. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I'm like, so you're asking Tamika to open herself up and be vulnerable to you. And then you're going to decide if you want to do the same. Listen, we're out of time, Deborah Owens, but Tamika, now you know why I call Deborah Owens and corporate alley cats, black America strategic weapon. Absolutely. This, this is, you know, most of us are not going to become multi-billionaire entrepreneurs. Many of us are in corporate environments and we are in toxic environments that could change if we had a strategy. And many of our corporate successes will lead towards entrepreneurial, political, and other kinds of successes. And that's why Deborah Owens is so key. And that's why I want our people to know her. Uh, Deborah, listen, who should contact you and how do they do that? So organiz corporate organizations, employee resource groups should reach out to us to find out about our corporate programs, individuals who are serious about executive or, or career activation can reach out to us, organizations, association reach out to us for keynotes. Uh, we have one keynote that's very popular and it's called how to rock the boat without ruining your career, <laughs> right? Because we believe that people should be empowered and they can also go to corporatealleycat.com and they can take a look at our membership as well. And if they're on LinkedIn, we post quite a bit on LinkedIn and the video clips that we share are actionable. My goal is we don't put out fluff. If someone can't do something with this content, we don't put it out. Corporatealleycats.com. I promise you, if you contact her, either as an individual or an organization, you will not regret it. This woman is, is, is a bundle of solutions. And that's why I love her. I, I'm tired and I'm too old to just hear about problems. Every problem has a solution. And the solution requires some action that yeah. someone has to take. So listen, thank you, Deborah Owens. And uh, I'll be stalking you for a long time. And so will our listeners. This was a great conversation. I look forward to what comes out of it. Thanks great. so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Excellent. Thank you for listening to this episode of the D-Free in the Black podcast, the pulse of mental, spiritual, and financial health. Be sure to share, like, and subscribe on whichever streaming platforms you get your podcast.